Hashim and Horvat tonight. Uh, it's been a little over, what, an hour since NBA free agency opened at over a billion dollars in contracts have already been handed out, Ryan. It is. I mean, guys, look at Gabe Vincent just signed three years, $33 million with the Lakers. Max Struess got $64 million from the Cavs. So those heat roll players that helped get them to the finals got paid. They could not have been free agents at a better time. Yeah, you know, you look at some of these moves, man. There are guys that we expected to get paid, like Trey Jones just got uh, two years, 20 mil from the Spurs. Cam Johnson, four years, 108 million to stay with the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, you already brought up Jakob Pertl, four years, 80 million. So these are the kind of moves. Obviously, you know, the big pieces like Chris Middleton, three years, $102 million to stay with the Bucks. That keeps their championship window open. So that's obviously one of the bigger moves. But yeah, this is what we expect to see the rest of the night. Now I can't wait to see, you know, if any big names get moved here. Like what if LeBron, yep. and again, I'm just living in a NBA 2K kind of world right now, but it is LeBron. It's the best time. He did uh, hint at retiring at the end of the season. What if LeBron, who does want to play with Kyrie again, what if he headed to Dallas? And he, uh, uh, we now that would be a big three. That would be a super team if we got LeBron, Luca, and Kyrie. I don't care who's on the rest of that roster. You could fill it out with a bunch of scrubs, and I'd still probably go over their win total and play some futures. But also, you know what I was thinking about during the break? Portland giving the bag to Jeremy Grant. Do you think that that means Dame's a blazer night one, opening night of the NBA season? Like maybe he at least starts in Portland if they get off to a slow start with all these young guys and Grant, then maybe they look to move them to a desperate team or a contender at the deadline? Or do you think maybe there is still a chance he gets moved to Miami or Philadelphia? I just, I feel like, you know, if, if you're going full rebuild, do you give that contract to a Jeremy Grant? That's, I guess, my question. Well, right. And you wonder if that's like a sign to say, hey, we still want to build around. Because if, when your GM comes out and says, we're going to keep trying to build a contender around Damian Lillard, that's they, what they want to do. But that doesn't mean that's what Dame wants to be a part of. Now, he hasn't said right. anything, but he also hasn't said, I'm staying, I'm not going anywhere. What's interesting, with Gabe Vincent taking that three-year deal with the Lakers a few minutes ago, and Max Struess is also gone, like, there's some desperate teams already out there, and one of them's going to be the Miami Heat. You lost two really important players. Yeah, they weren't stars, but that team wasn't, we know, like, the whole story with the Miami Heat and what they did. So the Heat could use a point guard right now. They could get very desperate, and they could be in a situation where Pat Riley says, uh-uh, I ain't going down like this. This isn't going to happen. And that's when he starts getting on the phone, and he's talking to Portland, and he's offering whatever he can because this is, this is how the Heat operate. So I, when you talk about desperate teams at the deadline, I wouldn't be surprised if we have start seeing desperate teams that lose out in free agency over the next, hell, I don't know, two hours at this point with how fast it's going. Yeah, for sure. Like, you think of a team like Miami – and uh, obviously, you know, made a run to the finals last year. But you bring back Jimmy Butler and Bam. You really need another guy, though, that could get you buckets in the fourth quarter, especially. Mm -hmm. You need another guy that could create his own shot and score. I don't know if that's Tyler Hero. I mean, obviously, they didn't have him uh, this year in the playoffs. They only had him for one half against Milwaukee. Um, but, yeah, I mean, a team like that, obviously. You know, a team like the Lakers were your championship window, even though you only won one title and it was in the bubble. But, I mean, that's closing with LeBron getting another year older. Uh, and Anthony Davis, you never know what his future is going to look like because he's rarely healthy. But when he is right, he's one of the better, if not the best defensive player in the league. Maybe they're one of the desperate teams. I don't know. It's going to get interesting here, man. Like, where's Fred Van Vliet going to end up? You talk about teams yeah. being a point guard.
Like, that's probably the biggest name, right, that's available right now. Yes. Uh, left on the board yes. now that Kyrie's back in Dallas and Middleton's back in Milwaukee. I would think it's Fred Van Vliet. Yeah, that would 100% be the, the, the biggest name on the market and one that's probably more attainable and a better fit for a lot of teams. Like, Kyrie would be looked yeah. at talent-wise, best player you know, that was in free agency before he just signed that deal with Dallas. But there are a lot of teams that want nothing to do with him at all. So it kind of limited where he was going to go, especially what he was going to get paid and maybe what he brings to the team, what he doesn't bring to the team. Let's be honest, Kyrie's a pain in the ass sometimes, but he's really good, and that's why Dallas yeah. paid him. But now with Fred Van Vliet, yeah, if that, you know, that might be if Miami can't get, and maybe they don't want Dame as much. Maybe Van Vliet they think fit, fits better. Whatever the case is, if it's not Dame, Miami will probably go after Fred Van Vliet, but there's going to be a lot of other teams. We talked about Houston. The Rockets right now, look, the Rockets were horrific last year, but we knew that they were young, and they also had a terrible coach in over his head. That's changed. So what does Ime Udoka want to do for a team that could, you know, right now have nothing but young players if they can add Dylan Brooks, if they can add Fred Van Vliet, and they got all that cap space? You're taking the Rockets from a team that barely won, what, 20 games last year? to a situation where we're talking about what if they're on the cusp of the play-in tournament just next year alone if you've got Van Vliet, Dylan Brooks, and then some of those young scorers and that talent. They've got a ton of young talent on that roster now and a head coach that knows how to get a team to play defense. This is the yeah. type of thing where free agency can completely change the market, everything in terms of the futures market, right? Now, we're not talking the Rockets winning the West or winning a title or anything like that, but let's say those moves do happen, which I think it's a great fit for them and for Van Vliet and Dylan Brooks. You're talking about a team that maybe would go into the season, win total sitting at 26, 27 and a half to maybe mid-30s, you know? And then that's, that's the type of trajectory that some of these teams will – will maybe be on just based on the next couple of days or, you know, longer, depending if some players hold out. Really good point, especially with Houston, man, because that's a team that I just had no interest in backing last season because they play absolutely no defense. It's just a bunch of young guys chucking, trying to get their buckets, trying to get paid and have fun. But now, you know, you bring in, in my opinion, a top five head coach in the NBA. I mean, I know it was a short sample size, but Udoka was great in Boston, took the Celtics to the finals. Yeah. Let's remember the disaster they were the first half of that season. You know, they thought that they were, we thought they were going to move Marcus Smart, maybe have to break up Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. And instead he turned them into one of the better, if not the best defensive team in the league. Uh, and I think maybe, I don't know if Houston's going to be a top 10 defensive team or anything like that, but if they could play enough defense in the regular season, they might be a team where you target their win total. And like you said, let's see what vets they could add. If they added Dylan Brooks, I know a lot of people, we were talking about this last night with John Martin, you know, joke about him going to China or him playing overseas. But he's still yeah. a pretty good NBA player. Like, no, I don't want Dylan Brooks attempting over 15 field goals in a game, especially a playoff game. But he plays enough defense, you know, um, wouldn't hate him in Houston, man. They might be a sneaky, like, 33-34 win team. I don't know if they get into the playoffs. Maybe they're a playing team because the West is so loaded. But, yeah, it might be a team you look at their win total and you target the over. That's how important coaching is. You know, you go back to a couple years ago. Man, actually, I mean, when Tibbs took the job in Chicago, he turned them around right away. Um, you know, from an eight seed to the one seed. Tibbs did it in New York when he was coach of the year. I was going to say Monty Williams kind of did that in Phoenix, but Monty Williams kind of also yeah. inherited Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, and then Chris Paul, and they went undefeated in the bubble that year, just didn't get into the playoffs, so that was already a pretty damn good team. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, maybe Houston will be a sneaky win total team. I still don't know that they're like a 48-49 win team, though, in the West. No, 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 not a chance, yeah. unless LeBron James goes there, and then maybe we're talking yeah. about that. But, you know, another market, another market where – 
you could target somebody specific, like the Rockets is one example here, would be Ime Udoka, coach of the year, at 40-1 to right now. That may change if they go out and make some of these moves. If you take that team from what they were last year to just the cusp of the playing tournament, now majority of the time, coach of the year, these are coaches that not only make the playoffs but have a top three record in the West or the East. Like that's normally what you get. I mean, Doc Rivers years ago won it. The Magic couldn't even get to the playoffs, but they were just expected to be so bad. So it's that's more of a long shot, but there's a reason why it's 40-1. to 1. That's at least something to just consider if you're looking at another angle, especially since we don't have any win totals right now, which I, I wish – I wish we could. Like, I wish we could get win totals, and they're, like, pre-draft, and then everything gets taken down before the draft. Like, just to know where, like, it would start right now and where it would go before and just see the change. But obviously, you could make so much money off of that. If they gave you those win totals before, you know, big moves happened, it would be probably a disaster for a lot of the books. But it'd be great for us, so I'd love to see it. But, like, those are some of the types of things that you can do. Uh, and, look, we still got a big, big name that was sitting out there waiting, and it's James Harden. I mean – there's a chance that maybe he still goes back to Philadelphia, I've seen. But after the Sam Amick report today that a series of silent signals being sent out by the Sixers in recent weeks upset Harden, that's why he went through this whole thing. He, I guess he had a feeling that the team was forcing him to test the open market before making any sort of offer, and they just assumed he was going to opt out because he signed that discounted deal a couple of years ago, remember? And everybody was like, this is one of those quid pro quo, quid pro quo. I can't say the word. Quid pro quo. There you go. That's like Brad. one of the hardest words to say. I can't do it. Yeah. Thank you. I feel I feel better about myself. He opted, you know, he opted out, took a, a smaller deal so they could make some you know, other additions like a PJ Tucker and a Shake Milton. And now he's like, well, what? You're not you're not going to pay me back. You're not okay. Fine, I'll opt in and you can trade me. And I'll make sure I'm getting at least thirty five million. So that's that's the other shoe to fall. Really, the Rockets are still the favorite to land Harden at plus one fifty, which. I'd go Van Vliet over Harden, but we know they love him down there. Clippers are 2-1. to one. That seems like the most logical place if he does get traded. Knicks are 3-1. to one. Lakers, 6. Suns, 10. That's one market. There's another one where the Clippers are the favorite at minus 110. And the Sixers are way down at 12-1. to one. Like, the, the, these markets are all over the place, which makes it, it's, again, it's fluctuating all the time. But that was just earlier today. One, one's offshore, one's domestic. But, you know, I, James Harden can still change a team's fortune. Like, if James Harden goes to the Clippers... That's on paper. That is a better team, depending on what they give up. But you also just don't trust him in the playoffs. I don't trust Harden in the playoffs. But he's got two other guys, if Paul George and Kawhi are healthy, where that could actually offset his dysfunction every time he gets to the second round. Yeah, and you look at like these, uh, you know, NBA Finals prices that we have actually on the screen right now. If you're watching the show on Twitch, wherever you're watching, of course, and you look at like the market kind of protecting itself as well from a couple of these teams, like the Clippers. We were talking about them a couple weeks ago. Actually, last week they were 22 to one. They're down to 18 to one. And I would like James Harden as a fit with the Clippers. And I know obviously they would mm -hmm. have to stay healthy. That's a big ask for Paul George and Kawhi Leonard to actually be available in the playoffs. But dude, when they're right. I mean, there's not many better players, especially in the playoffs, big game players than Kawhi Leonard, who pretty much individually won a championship in Toronto. Um, and then Paul George, uh, obviously, as well. And then you bring in James Harden. He doesn't have to be James Harden from Houston. He has to be just James Harden that runs the offense, facilitates, gives you 10, 11 assists per game. And I think he could do that right now and be the point guard there. And that's what they need, man, because they didn't have a point guard. You know, you had man playing point guard for the Clippers last year. Uh, I wanted them to pick up Mike Conley or Fred Van Vliet, and then I would have went all in on them yeah. last year. They never did that, and then they weren't healthy for the playoffs. But 18-1, to 1, I still think a, de a decent price if they are able to make a move for James Harden. 
And then for Philadelphia now sitting there at 18 to one, I just think that price is way off unless they do get really creative. Maybe you move maxi picks. I don't know what you would have to move to bring in a guy like Dame, but that would be the only way that I would do anything with Philly because think of the fit Dame and Embiid pick and roll. Who's stopping that in the Eastern Conference? I think that makes them, if not the top team, the right behind Boston. I put them above Milwaukee. So uh, those are the two teams I'm really looking out for here in the next couple of days. What the Clippers do, if they're able to bring in James Harden, I like them a lot in the West. And what the Sixers do, because right now they're a stay-away team, man. I mean, I didn't like them with James Harden. I definitely won't like them without James Harden. And you know how much I love Embiid after he won me that MVP bet. But right now they're a stay-away. <laughs> but if they're able to bring in Dame, and I know, like, Trista, obviously, she's a big Blazers fan. She wants to keep Dame. I want Dame back in the playoffs, and I want to see Dame play for a contender. I would love to see yes. Dame and Embiid together. Because, dude, Embiid, I mean, I know he takes a beating. And sure, like, maybe he's a little soft. We got P.J. Tucker yelling at him last year in the playoffs. A couple years ago, he had the stomach flu. But I don't know, man. He's played through some tough injuries in the playoffs as well. Uh, and you can't do it all on your own. And James Harden gave you pretty much nothing. I mean, he had some actually pretty good damn games in the playoffs, but uh, he obviously wasn't James Harden from 2017. So I would like to see Embiid and Dame paired together if Dame did have to leave Portland. Well, you did call that um, earlier this year. Yeah. And it's funny, Brian Windhorst actually talked about that this morning on ESPN. One of the big tipping points here is, as we talked a minute ago, Dame Lillard. Does Dame Lillard come to the market? And if he does come to the market... Can Philadelphia go after him? Because they may need a James Harden trade to acquire pieces to then turn them around and go after uh, Dame Lillard. One thing I will say, I know Ramona a short time ago reported that the Sixers were not going to extend Tyrese Maxey this summer. You want to know why? Because they might trade him. <laughs> and because, you know, he would be a potential piece in a Dame Lillard trade. Wow. If, if, if you look at the teams that have interest in Lillard, okay. um, Miami, Philadelphia, Brooklyn, maybe New York. Tyrese Maxey is a very interesting piece amongst all those teams. He stands out. He is a potential all-star at that position. The Sixers would potentially have a great opportunity. And if they were able to trade Harden for pieces that could sweeten the deal, it would be interesting. But if the Dame Willard trade doesn't ever, request ever doesn't ever come, and it looks like instead he might be preferring Miami and Philadelphia can't get in on it, that may affect how fast that uh, that Harden uh, that, that the Sixers handle Harden. So this mm. is why it's a circus. And I will say this: Philadelphia feels no pressure. That is one thing that has because come out and and when you hear from Woj and you hear from Ramona, we're talking to different people all over, talking to different people the Sixers are talking to. Nowhere do I hear a, a, a quickened heart rate for Daryl Morey and the Sixers. I think they were prepared for drama here and they're ready to settle in to do something that can get their team in a good position for next. Yeah, Daryl Morey's aggressive, too. And Dame in Philadelphia would be incredible. I mean, I want to see him in the playoffs just as much as you and everybody else. I want to see him on the East Coast. I'd like to watch him earlier in the day. That, that would be good, too. But, God, it makes sense, man. It, it really does. And this is Daryl Morey's aggressive. Daryl Morey's not scared to make a big splash. We've already seen it in Houston and in Philadelphia. I wouldn't rule this out at all. You're, you called this a long time ago, and it makes way too much sense, especially now if Harden's going to be out the door. All right, we're going to keep monitoring everything going on in free agency. Quarterback props next. It's BetMGM Tonight.